0: All right, all right, all right. So I'm not exactly what you expected. Not as stately, not as grand, not as impressive, not as, oh, just admit it, not as tall. I'm a short tree, a tiny little scrubby sort of tree, which is just fine as far as I'm concerned. I know who I am. I have a perfectly healthy self image. I like me. I like me just fine. Thank you very much. But I know what you were expecting. Oh, don't try to hide it and don't spare my feelings. I know you were expecting a sycamore. That's what you were promised, after all. Even your worship bulletin says it Zacchaeus's sycamore. And I know what you expected because you're from around here. And here, well, the sycamore trees in your part of the world put me to shame. Big, tall monsters of trees with stout trunks and huge branches. And instead, here I come sauntering in to your Lenten worship. I'm probably more than a disappointment. Uh, I'm a bit puzzling, too. You've got to be wondering how a tree like myself can help you to fulfill your Lenten journey. How can looking through my insignificant branches offer you any insight into that life-giving tree of the cross on which was hung the salvation of the world? That seems more like a job for one of your big, impressive sycamores. For goodness sakes, even their leaves are enormous. Giant elephant ears that tumble to earth each fall by the thousands. I suppose that is one thing we different sycamore species have in common. We're all a bit of a mess. Let's just say we require a certain amount of upkeep. Over here, the sycamores you're used to shed their giant leaves and their bark as well. Huge sheets of silver bark come peeling off your trees each year. And the sticks and twigs... Anyone who has a sycamore on their property must feel that an army of unwilling teenagers would be required to keep all of those sticks out of the yard and out of the path of the lawnmower. No, not me. I'm less stately, far more mundane, but equal trouble. High maintenance, I suppose you could say. Over in the Holy Land, we're often called sycamore fig trees. You see, trees like me bear a fig-like fruit, which isn't really a fig, but can be made to taste like one, sort of, with the proper treatment. The prophet Amos in the Old Testament described himself as a trimmer of sycamore trees. Let me try to describe the procedure for you. At a certain point in my fruit's development, a worker has to climb up into my branches and punch a hole in each fig, Without that operation, hey, I'll admit it, my fruit tastes awful. I'm not ashamed. I mean, I don't eat the stuff. I just produce it. If my fruit is trimmed by a professional fig trimmer, well, it's still kind of a poor person's fig. You know, the way a product you call a crab stick in the seafood section is kind of a poor person's crab, since it's not actually crab. Or a fish called monkfish is considered a poor person's lobster. It would be better if you had a real fig tree than just a sycamore fig like myself. But under the circumstances, you kind of make the most of what you got. And that, in fact, is the message I have to share with you. That's what Amos did. And what Zacchaeus did too. And so the message is, take advantage of the opportunity you have. Specifically to begin with, the opportunity to see Jesus, to learn about him, to learn from him. The burning bush informed me that you have already observed what Moses did. Moses took the opportunity, when it was presented to him, to turn aside and look to look and see that God was attempting to get his attention. Moses took the opportunity to look at a tree, in his case, a burning bush, and in the process he received a life-changing blessing. So did Abraham when he seized the opportunity under the proud oak tree to welcome the strangers who had come to visit him. Abraham and Sarah invited them in and provided for them. And in the process, received what Moses had received. A life-changing blessing. You may notice that neither of these confrontations were perfect. Both Moses and Abraham had their doubts, their questions, their arguments. But the Lord didn't stop the conversation because of those doubts or questions. Or declare Moses and Abraham unworthy or incapable No, the Lord called them to serve in the particular areas he had prepared for them. So what does that say? I'll tell you what. If no better tree is available, take the one you have. Even if it's a lowly sycamore like myself. Which may be the best for climbing anyway. That at least appears to be what my little friend Zacchaeus reasoned. At least by climbing my lowly branches, Zacchaeus was paying attention to Jesus. The crowds around Calvary, as we heard in today's gospel reading, were so busy paying attention to their own interpretation of things that they didn't really have time for Jesus. At least, not the Jesus who was mounted on a tree right at that moment. Come down from the cross, they shouted. They had their own agendas. Their minds were made up. They, may have, they might have been interested in Jesus, perhaps, but not in connection with that tree. No. They were blind to what that particular tree was. They saw that it was a cross, but they didn't see it as the life-giving tree of the cross that you and I know it to be. And they certainly didn't see that on its branches was hung the salvation of the world. They couldn't see that important tree or the important thing that was happening on it. Yet it was precisely because of a tree, a humble, little, insignificant, foul-fruited tree like myself, that Zacchaeus had come to know Jesus as his Savior. It was because of me, a simple sycamore fig tree that Jesus could say to Zacchaeus, today, salvation has come to this house. The same salvation that Jesus himself hung from a tree to provide to the whole world. And so as sort of an expert on such things, I ask you, where is the tree from which you may see Jesus? Maybe you've never thought about it that way. Is it your church? Is it your family? Do you find him in prayer, in Bible study, in reading devotions? Do you see him in the service you render, in the charity you practice? That was one of the outcomes for Zacchaeus, you heard. And that sort of outcome will be so noted, your Lord tells you, on the day of judgment, as he says, you have done it unto me. You should see Jesus, he himself implies, in the face of every person you serve. For he indeed is there. What is your tree? Many people actually have a cross of some kind. Hanging on a wall, standing on a table or shelf, worn around the neck or in a pin. Just not as a decoration. But as a focus point, an opportunity to zero in on Jesus Christ, to come under his influence as Zacchaeus did, is that a tree for you? Taking the opportunity to see Jesus can change your whole life, your whole outlook. Jesus invited Zacchaeus to Zacchaeus' own home, and when they got there, what they talked about was business, business. Zacchaeus's business. Although most of the townspeople probably despise Zacchaeus for being a tax collector, it was right there, in the results of his tax collecting, that Zacchaeus demonstrated the change of heart and attitude and life, which his confrontation with Jesus Christ had brought about. In a way, what Zacchaeus did with his money and what he had intended to do with it in the future was kind of an altar, the means by which he would worship and serve his newfound savior. This is a concept very much emphasized by Martin Luther, who lived in an age when it was felt that the only real service that could be offered to the Lord was done by people who were religious professionals, people who spent every waking moment in Christian service, people like priests and nuns and monks. No, Luther replied, All Christians are priests serving God in whatever calling God has placed them. The cobbler at his workbench is at his altar serving God. The milkmaid at her cow is at her altar serving God. The mayor at his desk, the mother at her cradle are all at their altars serving the Lord where God has placed them. That's what we have here. An ordinary tree like me, neither large nor impressive, nor even serving up the tastiest of fruit, and an ordinary job like tax collecting, and an ordinary life like Zacchaeus's. But more, says Jesus Christ, an opportunity for ministry, your priesthood, your altar, your opportunity, like that of Zacchaeus up in my branches— To witness the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Witness in both senses of the word. First, your opportunity to see the Lord involved in life right where you live it, as Zacchaeus did. And second, your opportunity to tell, to bear witness. All of this is done from the vantage point of your own particular tree, your own particular station in life and in the mission of the Lord of which you are a part. This Lenten series, after all, has not been a series in worship of trees like myself, but of using trees as vantage points to get a better view of the cross of Jesus Christ, the life-giving tree on which was hung the salvation of the world. Each of us trees has been different from the others, as unique as your own life. Your own outlook is from that of everyone else. Use that uniqueness as your altar to enrich your own services to the Lord and to invite others also to turn to Jesus Christ and his life-giving cross, to behold the tree and the salvation that hangs there. Amen.